If you haven't been with us for a, a few weeks now, we've been on a subject that we're calling in the Spirit. In the Spirit. Let's look at our text. In John chapter 3, Gospel account of John. John 3 in verse 5, Jesus answered and said, Verily, verily, I say to you, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto you, you must be born again. Or as the margin says, you must be born from above. From above. There is a below birth and there is an above birth. Your body is born below, down here. But if you believe on the Master Jesus and receive Him and believe what He's done at the cross for you, you're born again. Hallelujah. The scripture says that when you're born again, you become a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things have become new. And this new man is not aging and decaying. Even though the body might be aging and getting older, the inner man of the believer is being renewed day by day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And your mind is part of your inner man. Your brain is not your mind. Very important to understand that. Your brain is a physical organ. Your mind expresses itself through it. But if your brain was removed and destroyed, you'd still have your mind. You just couldn't express it in this physical realm. And when you leave here, you die, you slip out of your body, your brain and rest of your body will be buried, but uh, your mind you'll have, and you'll still be you. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. Remember, Jesus talked about the rich man in Lazarus. And how he said, remember in your lifetime, they recognized when they were out of the body. They remembered when they were out of the body. Sometimes people said, well, you know, uh, maybe I'll turn into an angel. That'd be a demotion. <laughs> Bible said we'll judge angels. Being a son of God is the tops. <laughs> tops. Have you been born again? Are you a child of the living God? You mean you call the creator of the heavens and the earth, the one who sits on the throne, the almighty, you call him daddy? No. Oh, somebody say glory to God. (laughs) Glory to God. We finally won that playground challenge. My daddy's bigger than your daddy. (laughs) But notice what he said. He said that, verse 6, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. 
We need to be very clear on what's flesh and what's spirit. Just because you do things in the flesh doesn't mean they were done in the spirit. Look at the fourth chapter. Chapter 4 and verse 20 of the same book of John. Jesus talking to the woman at the well of uh, Samaria here. He said, she said, our fathers worshipped in this mountain. You say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour comes when you shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Worship is not made better by the correct geographic place. So a lot of times people think, well, if I could go to such and such place, I could really get close to God. No, that depends on your heart. And your heart could be that way at home without traveling the thousands of miles or whatever it might be. Did I lose somebody? You're not going to be closer to God because you travel to a place that's supposed to be a holy place. There are millions of people who make pilgrimages to the holy place because in their mind that's where they can be spiritual. Now, don't misunderstand me. If you traveled somewhere and you felt close to God while you were there, I'm not discounting that. But it wasn't because of the ground you were standing on necessarily. If your heart got in a better place... And your mind got in a different place. And you drew near to him. He draws near to you. But don't think you can't be close to him. When you come back home. Because of a different locality. And that's what he's telling her. He said the time's coming. And we're in that time. It won't be in that mountain. It won't be in Jerusalem. That you worship the father. Verse 22. You worship you know not what. We know what we worship. Salvation is of the Jews. God revealed himself to Abraham and his seed. But the hour comes and now is when the true worshipers, if you got true worshipers, what other kind would you have? Well, we know from what we've already seen and what we're about to see that spirit and true worshiper goes together. So the big contrast is between spirit and flesh. So you would have folks doing stuff in the flesh. Calling it worship, but it's not true worship. You can go through the motions. The Lord warned us, Jesus warned us about vain repetitions. And there are whole groups that their worship is involved in chanting something that they were taught. And going over and over. The Lord warned us, don't do that. They think, he said, they'll be heard by their much speaking. You don't get hurt because you say it a lot. Because you pray the same memorized prayer a hundred times. Do we believe the Bible? Or go with men's tradition? True worshipers shall worship the Father how? In spirit as opposed to flesh. And in truth as opposed to phoniness. Not in the flesh, but in the spirit. Not something phony or fake or put on or just a facade 
or a ritual, but something that's real and true. It doesn't get any more real than God. And if you're going to get close to him, we have to get real. Y'all know what I mean by that? we, We can't be playing any games doing something for other people to to impress them, make them think that we're spiritual. That that means nothing. It amounts to nothing. The Father seeks such to worship him. Verse 24, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Say that loud, in spirit and in truth. Now, in chapter 6 of John, just over a page or so, chapter 6 and verse 63, Jesus said, It is the Spirit that quickeneth. Now, the word quicken means to make alive or revive or make alive. The Spirit makes alive. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. The spirit quickens and makes alive. The flesh profits nothing. You can pray in the flesh. You can do works in the flesh. You know, uh, 1 Corinthians 13 talks about if I give everything I've got and give my body to be burned and I don't do it out of genuine love, it didn't mean a thing. It profits me nothing. Now here, here's something that may surprise you. He said, uh, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels. Anybody remember I'm quoting scripture now, 1 Corinthians 13. And have not love, I'm like a sounding brass of Gong assemble. Well, beating on a pan, what good does that do? Would you call that effective praying? So it's possible to do things that other people might think was real spiritual, and yet it's just in the flesh. Because it's not coming from a spirit of genuine love. And God looks at the heart. And he knows if we're just going through the motion of a thing or if it's in spirit and it's genuine and in truth. Well, I know you feel the same way. I don't want to go through the motions and waste a bunch of time and effort and energy. I don't want to do a bunch of stuff, call it church and call it prayer and call it faith. And God looks at it and goes, I don't know what that is, but it's not, it's not faith. It's not prayer. No. So it doesn't matter what other people think about it. It matters what he knows about it. And if he's going to be pleased with it, he is seeking people that will do things in spirit instead of just in the flesh, in truth, void of any phoniness, any fakery, any facade, any pretend. Now go with me, if you would, to 2 Corinthians the third chapter, 2 Corinthians 3. We saw last time that uh, a big key to identifying the Holy Spirit. If something's in the Spirit, 
The Spirit's in it. We want to yield to Him and not yield to the flesh. In 2 Corinthians 3 and 6. 3 and 6. He said, uh, God has made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. That's another way of saying the Spirit quickens. This is one of the major ways to identify the Holy Spirit. When He's doing something, when He's saying something, When he's moving, when he's manifesting, he is the spirit of life. He is the spirit of resurrection. He's the quickening spirit. When he's doing something, it won't be dead. It won't be dull. It won't be empty. It won't be laborious and wearying. Wearying is flesh. When you do stuff and it's just in the flesh, it's tough. It's, it takes too long. It's wearing. It's not life. But when the Spirit of God quickens, if you're looking for the right thing, we talked about this last time, and you're endeavoring to be led of the Spirit, let's say you need to buy uh, a new vehicle or a new house or a new building or whatever it might be. Or you're just looking for what to do. What you should be looking for is the quickening. Wait on the witness and watch for the quickening. And it can be wearying. You know, you look at this and you just got nothing. And you checked on this and you just got nothing. And you talk to them about this and you just got nothing. Nothing. And it just wore you out. Going through all that. Asking all that and looking at it. Which reveals you probably should have been praying. (laughs) Instead of doing all that. (laughs) Selah. I'm serious. You, me, most everybody has wasted so much energy and motion going through the arduous process of elimination. You don't have to date 10,000 people to find the right one. Did I lose somebody? You don't have... Now, you may need to date a few people, but not not 10,000. You don't need to look at 300 houses and wear out the patience of the uh, real estate agents. Man, I feel for some of these folks. Salespeople and other people because folks come in and they don't have a clue what they want and they don't care if they take up your day. That's not love. And that's being carnal. It's being unspiritual. Stay at the house and save your gas and pray. Pray in the Spirit. Pray with the understanding. Wait on the Lord. Get quiet until you get some direction. 
Now, I'm not saying you'll know the whole thing, but you'll know at least enough to know which way to start. Some basics of something to look for. And everybody that's involved with it, with you, will so appreciate it. You may save days out of their life. I'm serious. We need to be considerate of other people's time. How do you know while they spent that half a day with you, they couldn't have sold a house with somebody else? You're affecting their economy. Anyhow, (laughs) we live in a world where many are so selfish and they live in their own world and they don't, they're not even aware if they inconvenience you, but you and I are not to be this way. You and I are believers, and the New Testament command is love. Love is always aware of people around me and what my actions are doing to them or not doing, how my actions, my words are affecting them. And you don't want to be a burden to anybody, and you don't want to waste people's time, and you don't want to wear them out and wear their patience out. And the way to keep from doing that is to pray and seek him first and be led. Can you say oh me or amen or we'll see? We're talking about flesh versus spirit. Flesh versus spirit. I mean, I'm not saying Phyllis and I have always done this perfectly, but we're learning. We're getting better at it. And there's been several things in recent times that when we went to do something, we've been praying about this and looking at this for months and years. And we got direction. We got details. And boy, you could tell it made the people so happy. They're like, we're already done? Yeah, just do it. Because they're used to spending days with people, wrangling over this. And then once they thought it, they had it nailed down, coming back and going, nah, forget all that and You know, if you make a mistake, well, do what you need to do to fix it, but don't blame other people. Take responsibility and say, man, I I should have prayed more about this. I should have looked at this more. You know, apologize to people for wasting their time. Be considerate. Why am I talking about this? I'm talking about being spiritual instead of being fleshy. Instead of being carnal, because carnal folks, they don't pray, they don't prepare, they show up late, which is inconsiderate. Hour late, two hours late, not okay. Being very selfish. Acting like your stuff is most important and everybody else just needs to back you up. No. No, that's being carnal. That's being fleshy. And we want to be spiritual people. Spiritual people, if you're really being spiritual, you got it together. You're a together person. The Holy Spirit is helping you. You will show up prepared. You will show up ready. I'm not saying you have all the answers, but you've got some. And you know how to start. You at least know a direction to go. And you're looking for the witness. 
You wait on the witness and you're watching for that quickening. The flesh is dead. The spirit is quickening. We want to stay out of the dead and get into the quickening. Is that your desire? He said, he's made us able ministers, verse 6 of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. Now, that, we said, is a big indicator of the Spirit's activity. When He's speaking, when He's moving, when He's manifesting, there is life in it. There is quickening. Flesh is dead. But notice He gives us another big indicator of the Spirit's presence and activity. Just in the same chapter, just a couple of verses later. He said, verse 17... Down the end of the chapter. Now the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is. There is liberty. Here's another one. You can identify the Holy Spirit. By the quickening. By the life. And you can also identify the Holy Spirit. Because he is the liberating spirit. He is the spirit of freedom. He is the spirit of truth. And the truth will make you free. Somebody say he's the quickening spirit. And he's the liberating spirit. Liberating spirit. Well, what's the opposite of being liberated? Bondage. Bondage. Just like the opposite of life is death. The opposite of liberation and freedom is bondage and entanglement and ensnarement and being restricted. The Lord is that spirit. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Where he is speaking, it's liberating. Where he's manifesting, it's liberating. Where he's moving, folks are getting free. I said folks are getting free where he's moving. Now the enemy imitates the Holy Spirit. The scripture says that the devil himself transforms himself into a being, an angel of light. And his ministers, they portray themselves as God's ministers and ministers of light, but they're not. And one of the enemy's favorite tricks is to try to convince people of God that something is the Holy Spirit when it's not. He even quotes scriptures. Do you remember he quoted scriptures to Jesus? But one of the ways you can tell it's not him, it won't set you free. If it's something wrong, a revelation The enemy has revelations. Revelation or a dealing or a thought or a feeling. It'll put you in bondage. It'll rain on your parade. (laughs) And your joy and your peace will be diminished as you dwell on this. Brother Hagin, Kenneth Hagin Sr., my father in the faith, 
tells when he was seeking the Lord as a boy, paralyzed in his grandparents' house, the bedroom there, said uh, he, he got a hold of a little light that all things were possible and that if you had faith, a miracle could happen. And so he spent a lot of time praying and seeking God. And the Spirit of God led him to Mark 11, 23 and 24. And the Spirit of God led him to Mark 5 about the woman with the issue of blood and showed him where her faith made her whole. Because people had told him, preachers had told him, that healings and miracles had been done away with. But the Spirit of God led him to that passage and he saw where it said, her faith made her whole. And the Spirit of God said, have you ever heard anybody say, faith's been done away with? He said, no. He said, well, if her faith made her whole and faith hasn't been done away with, your faith will make you whole. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So he, he's, he's getting a hold of these things and, and learning how to receive. And he had made tremendous progress. And he said one day, one early one morning though, he said this is like a voice spoke to him and quoted scripture to him. For what is your life? It's even a vapor that appears for a little while. And then vanishes away. Set your house in order. For this day. You will surely die. He thought. That's God. Both of those are scriptures. From different passages. One where he was talking to. uh, Hezekiah. Set your house in order. You're going to die. The other's from James. New Testament. What's your life? It's even a vapor. And he said, man, it was dark in there. So he just sat there and waited half a day to die. But before we go even further, any further, what did that do to him? It put out his light. Can you see that? Did it quicken him? No. Did it set him free? No. No. But it was spiritual. And it was real. How many know the scriptures said, try the spirits, whether they're of God? There are many voices, 1 Corinthians says, in the world. And none of them without significance. All of them are saying something. But they're certainly not all God. Now, I don't care who you are. I don't care how long you've been walking with God. Just because something is real and spiritual doesn't make it God. Amen. I mean, Phyllis and I, in our walking with the Lord, we've been walking with the Lord for decades now. And both of us, there have been some times and periods in our life where here's some spiritual things and it's real. And it's even, you might call it scriptural, but something's wrong with it. Something's not right. Something's it's not life it's not quickening it's not liberating it puts you in bondage it uh, if you yield to it and think about it and talk about it, it it steals your joy and it disrupts your peace you're not at peace you're upset so this 16 year old boy brother Kenneth Hagin at that point he's upset 
He's thinking, I've never really lived. I'm 16 years old. He didn't have a family, a good family, and his dream was to have a family someday himself. And he's never, he said, I've never really lived. And here I got to die. I guess I got to die because, you know, the Lord spoke to me, but the Lord didn't speak to him. Somebody say, the devil is a liar. He's tricky. He's a deceiver. But I'm not ignorant of his devices. Don't accept every feeling that comes to you. Don't accept every thought that comes to you. Even something quoting scriptures. Because scriptures are right. But you don't want the devil quoting them to you. He's going to twist them. And misapply them. Jesus said the words that I speak to you. They're what? They're spirit. And they are life. Well the spirit of Jesus. When he speaks to you. Where the spirit of the Lord is. There is liberty. Come on if you walk with the Lord very long. You know when the Lord spoke something to you. And it was an answer to you. Did it quicken you? Did it edify you? Did it build you up? Did it liberate you? Did it set you free from wrong thinking and confusion and not knowing? One of the worst things there is is just not knowing. Not knowing. And when the light comes and you know, it sets you free. It sets you free because when you know the truth, then so many other things are affected. Now you know what to do because you know what's right. Now you know what to resist and ignore and not pay any attention to. Now you know what to yield to and give yourself fully to. You know what's God. You know what's not God. You know what's spirit. You know what's flesh. You know what's the Holy Spirit and what's trying to pass itself off as him. Where the spirit of the Lord is. Come on, say it out loud. Where the spirit Of the Lord is, there is liberty. Oh, come on, say it again. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. 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 Go with me to Romans, please, 8th chapter. Romans 8. Now, when we say liberty... You have to define it because the Bible cautions us not to use our liberty and freedom as an occasion to the flesh. It doesn't mean free to flesh out, (laughs) free to do anything because like Paul said, you know, all things are lawful for me, but not everything is profitable and expedient and good. There's a lot of things your flesh would do that if you let it, but you you shouldn't let it. Some people say, oh, don't, you know, don't put me under bondage. You know, I can do anything I want to do. He that yields to sin, the Bible said, is a servant of sin. That's not being free. Not being free. Being in bondage to habits. Being in bondage to the impulses and desires of the flesh and, and eyes is not being free. What's he talking about being free? It has to do 
with being free to step out. Being free from fear and free from timidity and confusion and having boldness. Now you'll see this as we go further. Romans 8 and verse 2, he says, The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has done what? Made me free. You see, life and freedom. The spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. You know, Jesus said, seek and you'll find. He said to one individual one time, he says, how do you read? Talking about a passage of scripture. Jesus asked the person, how do you read that? Because you will find what you're looking for. And you'll miss what you're not looking for. There's some folks, when they read the scriptures, all they see is judgment. Whoa, whoa, whoa under the, that's all they see. They read right over being redeemed and healed and filled with the spirit. They, they miss, they just miss all, it's there. But they just kind of scan through that till they see a whoa, whoa, whoa. Or they just want to emphasize the curse and judgment. And they want to be adamant about what, yeah, but it says, you know, judge this and, and this was judged and, and the curse and this. Well, listen, regardless of how you believe about how the curse comes. We don't believe God is the destroyer. We believe he passes judgment that allows the destroyer access, but that is not his will. Doesn't please him. But even if you believed wrongly that God's doing some of these things, all you got to do is obey him and believe him. And you don't have to be concerned about woe. And curse and judgment. And if you mess up, judge yourself. And you won't be judged. Am I quoting scripture? Come on. You won't be judged. Whatever you're looking for. If you're looking for something to condemn you, you'll find it. If you're looking for something to cry about and be sad about, that's all you'll see. And in fact, you'll see things that's not there. Wrong spirits will come. Influence, you bring thoughts. But when you know that the author of the book is the Spirit of life, hallelujah, and the Spirit of truth that makes you free, then, friend, brother, sister, when you open this book, you ought to be looking for some quickening. You ought to be looking for some life. You're to be looking for some freedom. Yes. Is there, you're to be looking for something that's going to set you free. You, looking for it. Yes. When you read your chapter every day, as I know everybody in Faith Life yes. Church yes. reads their chapter yes. every day. Yes. It makes all the difference in the world how you read. Jesus said, how are you reading that? What are you looking for? What are you looking for? 
If you say, ah, oh, this is Old Testament, it's going to be boring, we're not going to understand it, and let's just read our chapter. We're done. No, you never got started. You never even started. You say, oh, great teacher inside me. Open my eyes. Help me to see the truth and the life. The truth is going to make me free. And look for it. Look for it in every phrase. Look for it in every verse. And seek and you shall find. See, people mock us because they think, oh, y'all are just so positive, positive, positive. Everything's not positive. (laughs) We know there's a bunch of junk in the world, but us focusing on it and talking about it, it's not going to help it. It's not going to help us. But God is a good God, and his redemption is amazing, and he is awesome. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And when you begin to taste and see how good he really is, you're going to come up out of the muck and the junk and the dark and the death. And the Holy Spirit, the greater one who lives inside you, is the quickening, liberating, greater one. And if you're yielding to him, it's going to affect your countenance. It's going to affect the way you talk. It's going to affect your tone. It's going to affect your outlook. And there's plenty of depression and death and junk in this world. Way too much. We need something else. If we're going to be the light of the world, we can't be like the world. We've got to be different. They need to hear victory when we open our mouth. They need to see A life worth living. An enjoyable fellowship with God. We don't dread going to church. We don't dread reading our chapter. We don't dread. Nobody's twisting our arm. Making us give. Making us serve. Making us praise. We're actually enjoying this. I know a lot of people don't believe it. But you hang around enough. You'll find out we ain't just putting on. There is so much religion in the world. Junk. Absolute devilish. That people revere. Traditions of men that have nothing to do with God. That people will hold and fight you over. And reject the scriptures to hold on to. And there's a wrong spirit. That goes with all of it. It's a proud. Argumentative. Condescending. Judging. Condemning. Spirit. And just because somebody's quoting scripture. Does not mean it's the Holy Spirit. It can be flesh. And it can even be wrong spirits. We don't want to judge them if they're doing that. We've all made mistakes ourselves. But how many want to be free from flesh and junk and wrong spirits? How many know that you are of the spirit of life? Hallelujah. Thanks be to God. 
you know, uh, Jesus' disciples, at one point, they said that, you know, when a certain place didn't receive him, they came to him and they said, you want us to call fire down on this bunch? They didn't receive you. They didn't show you any respect. And he looked at him. He said, you don't know what spirit you're of. I'm not here to destroy people's lives. I'm here to save them. And so even well-meaning people, people that have been around some things of God, can get the wrong idea about what spirit they're of. He said, you don't know what spirit you're of. We don't, we don't want to see people destroyed. We don't want to see fire come out of the sky and destroy them. Well, I'll show them. <laughs> It'd be kind of late for them. No, we want them to get right. What did the scripture say in Romans will draw men and women to him? See, in the Old Testament, all there was was fear. The love of God wasn't shed abroad in people's hearts. Redemption in Christ wasn't available. But now, now, the love of God is the command, the New Testament command, and can be seen and shown through us. We want people to see that God is good, He's real and He's good, and He's real good. (laughs) We want folks to see that, not just through us preaching and quoting scriptures at them. And you know, you don't have to point out people's sin and, and mistakes. Most folks already know it. They already know it. And you bringing it up, pointing it out, and talking about how bad and wrong it is, is not going to help. I don't, I'm not saying you have to condone it and act like it's okay. You don't, that, you don't do that either. But you can be kind no matter what. You can be a friend. Right? You can be available to help. His love can be seen through you. Night and day. Hallelujah. And one of the most powerful witnesses is somebody that has got light in their eyes, joy in their voice, peace on their mind, victory in their step, and it's real. They're not drugging. They're not drinking. They're not crazy. There's something real here. Hallelujah. How many understand that is stark contrast from the world? Folks are not happy. They're not enjoying. Greater is he. Come on, say it out loud. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. What spirit's in you? Spirit of life. Hallelujah. Spirit of liberty. Liberty. Hallelujah. Your words, your actions can be quickening and can be liberating. I had a guy that's uh, early days of our flying. He was a contract pilot. We didn't know each other very well, but we'd been on a few trips. And so we'd fly out to preach, and he'd stay in the hotel, and then we'd fly back home. And, and uh, he, uh, he was a worldly guy. And uh, he tried to kind of stay away from church and service and that kind of thing. And we're getting in the uh, 
elevator one night, and he'd just been smoking a bunch, and he smelled pretty strong. He said, ah, I'm sorry. He said, I'm just an old sinner, I guess. I looked at him. I said, no. I said, nobody's going to hell for smoking. I said, or drinking, or cussing. He looked at me. He said, huh? I said, there's nobody going to hell for any of those things. I said, the, the thing that would cause you to miss heaven is not accepting Jesus. Because he's already paid for all of those things. He said, really? <laughs> and as I talked to him, I could see stuff coming off of him. Somebody say freedom. freedom. Because in his mind, he's committed so many sins that there's no way he's getting in. He's got this idea of showing up at the pearly gates with Peter with a, a scale balance in his hand and to say, no, you got too much on the bad side. Sorry, go away. That's got nothing to do with reality. I said, no, nobody's going to hell because of adultery, even killing somebody, bad as that is. He looked at me like, I thought you were a strange preacher, but now I know you are. Where are you coming up with this stuff? And I told him. And I could, I could see his eyes. See, all of this stuff is heavy burden. Yes, it is. Even if people try to ignore it and just live their life, in the back of their mind they're thinking, I'm going to hell. I might as well have fun while I can. I'm an old sinner. Everybody knows it. And, and nobody wants me around. And, and he, he, he was apologizing for being around. God doesn't want him to go away. He wants him to come on in. Amen. He's already paid for it. Come on, is that right? Yeah. He's already paid for everything. Taking care. All you got to do is repent and acknowledge you need him and receive. Hallelujah. I've seen case after case like that where somebody was in torment, somebody was in vexation. I've ministered to several people where a loved one had just gone home to be with the Lord, maybe a child, and they were in torments. They were in vexation, death, and oppression, and confusion, stealing all your joy, stealing all your peace, and I don't have it. But if the Lord gives you a word, then that word is a word of life. That word is a word of liberty. And I, more than once, I have shared a word uh, that the Lord gave me about the situation. There have been times he's shown me things. I saw things. And I was able to tell them. And oh, to see them look up and dry their tears. And to see within a matter of minutes, a little smile start to come on their face. How many know that's the Holy Spirit? That's the Spirit of life, not death. That's the Spirit setting them free. The truth setting them free from all the lies and the junk that would choke the life out of them too. Well, I'm not the only one that can share a word. In season, I'm not the only one that can pray a prayer of faith, that can share a truth, said out loud. And uh, this, this is, should be familiar to you. Said out loud, the Lord, the Lord 
has given me the tongue of the learned to speak a word in season to him or her that is weary. Hallelujah. Said out loud, Spirit of life, Spirit of freedom, speak through me. Work through me. Liberate and quicken by me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. How many believe no matter how dark, no matter how bad the situation is, the Holy Spirit knows something that can be said, that can be done. They will absolutely turn on the light and cause life to come up and joy and peace. We've seen, hadn't we seen it, Phyllis? We have seen this so many times. So many times. Folks are in such a bad way. So oppressed. So depressed. So defeated. And one word from the Lord. One revelation helps you to see it's not how you think it is. This is how it is. And when you believe the truth, when you see the truth and you know the truth and you accept the truth, come on, what does it do for you? What does it do? It makes you free. I don't care how long the enemy had been lying and deceiving and twisting and oppressing. He cannot resist the spirit we're talking about. He cannot resist nor withstand the spirit of life. And that's why the anointing destroys yokes and removes burdens. Hallelujah. The enemy can have, can have worked on somebody and oppressed them for decades, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. The anointing can shatter it off of them. In milliseconds. Yes. <laughs> Glory. Glory to God. Glory to God. Romans 8. You still there? Verse 2. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free. You ought to confess it. Say it out loud. The law of the spirit of life. In Christ Jesus Jesus. has made me me free free from the law of sin and death. Now skip down to verse 14. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Both male and female are called sons of God. For you have not received the what? The spirit of bondage again to fear. Just like the spirit of God will endeavor to lead you into faith. Wrong spirits will endeavor to lead you into fear. Why? Well, you know, truth and faith will set you free. What will lies and fear do to you? Put you in bondage. The scripture says in Hebrews that Jesus 
took part of flesh and blood just like us. So that he through death might destroy him that had the power of death. That is the devil. And deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Fear makes you subject to bondage. Fear. Fear of permanent irrecoverable loss. Fear of irredeemable failure. Fear I'm going to be rejected. Now I'm going to lose my place. Nobody's going to want. Fear, 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 fear. What follows with it is bondage and death. But the spirit of truth is the spirit of liberty. One great truth is everything down here is temporary. And if I'm born again and my name is in the Lamb's book of life. If I messed up pretty much everything else down here, I still got it made. I didn't get something right. I didn't receive something. I did mess up something. If I love the Lord and I hold on to him and the blood of the lamb, when I'm out of here, it's on my way to see Jesus. (laughs) If you know the truth, You don't take a lot of stuff down here so seriously. You don't act like it's the end. And you never stand by the casket of an old house that a beloved member just moved out of at the grave and sorrow like those who have no hope because you know God time, you're going to see them in about 20 minutes. Because to him a thousand years is like a day. This is not imaginary. This is not a fairy tale. This is truth. And that will make you free. And it is true that when you have received your forgiveness and you've received the cleansing of the blood of the Lamb, your sins and iniquities, He does not remember any more. And the blood of the Lamb has cleansed you and washed you so that you stand before him as though you had not sinned. You've been made the righteousness of God in him. So how can you sorrow and beat yourself over the head for the next five years over what you did if you believe that? You can't. You're listening to the wrong thing. Looking at the wrong thing. Believing the wrong thing. How could you tell if it was the Holy Spirit bringing something to you? Talking to you. You know, ministering to you and bringing thoughts. How could you tell it was Him? If it's putting you down. If it's raining on your parade. If it's trying to scare you and oppress you. Resist it. I, even if it's somebody quoting scriptures, I'm telling you it's not right. The Spirit's wrong. The Scripture's right. But a wrong spirit can quote a right scripture. The devil did with Jesus. You and I, I'm a minister. I've studied the word for decades. But I will never know the word enough to know all the nuances of doctrine That because of my knowledge, I can't be tricked or deceived. 
me nor any minister nor any believer will achieve that in a lifetime. We'll never. Paul, who penned the major portion of the New Testament, who was caught up to the third heaven, saw the master, heard him speak. He said, we know in part. So it's the parts you don't know that can be problematic. What I can do is I can try the spirits. There are times something will sound right to your head, but if you close your eyes and check your heart, something's wrong. Something's wrong. Right words, but a wrong spirit. That's the thing you need to stay away from. Turn it off. Get away from it. Are you with me, friends? Trust what you get in your spirit by the Holy Spirit. Trust the one who's in you. You'll never know enough to mentally figure and ascertain everything. You just won't, nor will I. But if you trust the one who's inside you, he'll keep you safe. He'll let you know. Even though you don't understand it with your mind, he'll let you know that something's wrong with that. That's a wrong spirit. Stay away from that. As many, verse 14, as are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. We have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but we have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Holy Spirit is not cold. He's not so cosmically distant and some kind of being that you can't possibly understand. He's the spirit who makes you feel like you belong. Who makes you want to say, Abba, Dada, is what that is. Daddy. We need to know our father. He is the greatest being. He is the Almighty who sits on the throne. But you don't want to be so cold and religious that you don't know him. And the Holy Spirit won't lead you that way. He'll lead you to be respectful for sure. But he'll bear witness with your spirit that you belong in the throne room. You belong in the family. You belong. Somebody say, I belong. I belong. The spirit of adoption causes you to know he's not just my God. He's my daddy. He's my father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Second Timothy 1 7 said, God has not given us the spirit of fear. Somebody said out loud, he did not give me the spirit of fear. Now, let's just stop right here. So when fear comes, what do you know? Didn't come from God. You can feel the spirit of fear. It can hit you like an impact, a terrible report. Something bad happened, something that you weren't even thinking of, whatever the case might be. And, and, and you can feel that fear just hit you. And the moment you sense it or feel it, you need to go into resist mode. You need to resist and say, I fear, say it out loud, times like that. Fear, 
I resist you. I resist you. This is not from God. This fear, this bondage, this death that would try to rob me of my joy and peace and confuse me and get me to feel defeated and give up. This is not from God. This is from the enemy of my soul. God didn't give us this spirit. And Romans 8 said we don't receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. Said out loud, God didn't give me the spirit of fear. God did not give me the spirit of fear. And I don't receive it. I don't receive it. I like the 23rd Psalm. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Y'all pray for me. I'm going to do the best I can. No, that won't cut it. That won't cut it. But sometimes, you know, you have a bad day and you just can't up. No, that will get you in trouble. I will fear no evil. What does that mean? I won't do it. Now, it's there. You're going to feel it. You may see it. You may experience it. But just because it comes against you or on you does not mean you have to let it in you. You resist it. And it'll help you. Just speak right up out loud and say, fear. I resist you. Fear, get out of here. I resist you. I refuse to yield to this. No, God didn't give me the spirit of fear. He gave me the Holy Spirit. The spirit of power. Not weakness. The spirit of love. And part of that love is knowing I'm loved. And the spirit of what? Chaotic, defeated, depressed, but no, 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 sound mind. That's what life and liberty does for you. Helps you have peace and joy. Helps you have a sound, stable inner being. Can you say glory to God? What we're talking about is identifiers. Knowing what to yield to, what to resist. How do you recognize What's the Holy Spirit and what's just flesh? How do you recognize what's the Holy Spirit? What's even a wrong spirit? Trying to pretend, pass himself off as the Holy Spirit. The enemy can't minister life to you. He can't minister peace to you. He can't set you free. He don't have it, can't get it, couldn't give it to you, wouldn't if he could. But the Holy Spirit, that's what he is. He's wall to wall life and peace and joy and freedom. Oh, somebody say freedom, 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 freedom. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty, there's freedom. Stand on your feet, everybody. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.